All right, good evening and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. Good evening. Yeah, we into our, what is this, uh, second week in January? We go ahead and go the second week. week. In, G- in January, absolutely, Second week man. into January, and uh, so far so good. The year's gotten off to a decent start. Yeah. A lot of things happening, and uh, we're going to touch on some of those tonight, but we're back and uh, looking forward to a great show tonight. And I'm Wayne, as usual. And I'm Steve. I'd, I'd like to say this to you, brother. This is yes. our... Uh, third or fourth year starting our podcast and it was the first wow it was the first saturday in january that we started this first saturday wow so this is kind of an anniversary for us if we go by uh national holidays (laughs) and the first the first sunday in january is kind of the across the tracks uh anniversary for sure all right Yep, yep. And and like you said, we hope that we uh, have an enjoyable show tonight. We're just going to say what we see, see what we say, talk about what's going on around the world. And uh, we're two small town uh, people that uh, grew up in E-Town, Kentucky. And we just want to give you our, our opinion and our thoughts about things that's going yep. on. This has been a, been a great thing for us. We like talking to about topics, and we're going to continue this as long as we can. Outstanding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Agreed, so, agreed. so my, my friend, what we got going on this week? What we season? got Lots happening tonight? Happen. Well, we want to, uh, since this past week was the one-year uh, anniversary of the January 6th uh, insurrection, we want to chat a bit about that. And then we got a few sports stories we want to touch on Um The uh, top tennis player in the world uh, has been denied entry into Australia to play in the Australian Open. want to touch on that due to his COVID status. Uh, Our dear friend Antonio Brown is back in the news again. (laughs) And uh, Kyrie Irving made a return to the NBA. Uh, There's been some controversy surrounding his vaccination status. And we're going to wrap up the show tonight with our reflections on the great Mr. Sidney Portier. So that's what yep. we got happening tonight, my friend. Okay. And uh, okay. Hey, I'm can going, I can um, I add can I add one oh, yeah. sports let me Absolutely. add one sports story to it. Absolutely. The national championship football, NCAA national championship football game is taking place in Indianapolis. Oh wow, tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow and night, Alabama, Georgia. When we get to, you know, talking about these topics, I want to talk a little bit about that, too. So Nice, nice. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and, and, and start with that. Okay. Since it's here in Indy. It's, it's here in your, your, your back door, your backyard. Back, yeah, right down right down the street from so, me. So uh, we'll, we'll let you kick it, man. Yeah. Uh, one more thing be, before you get started. I do have one other since we're talking sports. Uh, one other sports story. Uh, Clay Thompson is back tonight. Uh, Golden State Warriors uh, guard. He's been out of the league for two years due to uh, torn Achilles, torn ACL. Uh, he's back tonight making his debut uh, for the Warriors tonight. So that's a big thing happening. Everybody's watching to see how he plays. So uh, that game kicked off. Uh, matter of fact, it's kicking off now. Uh, okay. 6.30, our time out here. So 
definitely going to check that out to see how Clay looks. I'm excited for him to be back. Uh, he's one of the good guys in the league, so it's, a, yep. it's great to see him back. So I, I'm sure my you friend got it. Talk college football championship. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you've got it on right now because normally when we wrap up our uh, little talk, I, I can see that you've got the basketball in the background usually. Yep, so, yeah, yep, Clay Thompson's on, on there. I, I did have 60 minutes on in the background, but I'm taping that. And uh, so I said, let me flip it over to uh, NBA TV so the game can get started so so I can see what's happening with Clay. So it's going to be huge when he finally does come in the game. So he he's uh, he's making his debut tonight after being out of the league for two years. So OK, OK. Yeah. All right. So let's let's start with the uh, NCAA. Yes. Uh, first of all, the headquarters of the NCAA is in Indianapolis, right okay. downtown, right downtown on the White River. Uh, it's kind of hidden away, not really hidden away, but this it's sitting right there. And the NCAA has been going through some transformations in the last year or so. Um, number one, allowing student athletes to get paid and uh, coming up with the transfer uh, portal in which a lot of uh, athletes are moving from college to college with no penalty and so on. And the other thing that the NCAA and the city of Indianapolis has been able to um, acquire within the last year has been the national championships of basketball in the spring. And then tomorrow night, the NCAA playoff championship game will be at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Now, to a lot of people, that's a coup, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't (laughs) say coup. Now, that's something that's kind of important because um, the the national championship game, which has been only going on for about six or seven years now. um, They they normally choose a place where, you know, it's pretty, pretty independent. Well, Indianapolis. is is known to be the racing capital of the world and the amateur sports capital of the world. They they put that out there. And I would just like to say this uh, for sure, is that all the people that are coming into town for the national championships from the uh, from the University of Georgia and the University of Alabama, welcome to Indiana in the wintertime. <laughs> the hulk yeah. the hulk is out big time meaning the hulk the weather has turned yeah, yeah. on on these folks so if they didn't come up to indy with some warm clothes don't be running around here in some shorts don't be running around here in a light jacket don't be running around here in a hoodie because that hulk's gonna tear your behind up wow. <laughs> so they've got a lot of activities downtown. Last night they had a concert down at Monument Circle, and uh, it's typical Indiana. Okay. You know, you got you got to go by the letter of the law, you know, you know, you know, straight up conservative type bullshit, you know, and so on. There were people that were stand. The concert started at eight o'clock, and I forget who was even the bill, some rapper and somebody else. Well, people start lining up at one o'clock in the afternoon or noontime. 
It it was seven degrees outside, brother. And the wind chill was like minus 10 degrees. And these people were why it it had rained (laughs) on top of that. And then the wind chill dropped, the temperature dropped, and these people were out there. Now, I love a good concert, but my ass ain't going out in no damn cold weather to hang out with some folks <laughs> downtown Indianapolis. And no. hell, I, I live here. <laughs> Not going to do that. So wow. that's a that's a big thing. They got other things that are going on. They got the NCAA. You know, they got an area for kids and got all these different things. And for the most part, I don't know what's going to happen. Here's here's the other thing. The state of Indiana has said they are doing nothing to prevent COVID. Hmm. So all these people that are showing up, they're telling them uh, masks are strongly recommended, which basically means you ain't going to wear no damn mask. Right. Okay. So, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium holds... 70, 80,000 people. And half of them are going to be there from Georgia and half of them are going to be there from Alabama. And there's going to be a sprinkling of everybody else there. Right, you know, right. if, if I didn't have a school board meeting tomorrow, I would probably be down there if COVID and the right, Omicron right. variant wasn't so damn prevalent everywhere. Right, right. And so, you know, my plan was, well, I could catch an Uber after our meeting. Our meeting is going to be a short meeting. It's an organizational meeting. We'll get a new president and stuff like that. And so I I could take an Uber down there and just drop me off at Lucas Oil Stadium, and then I can go back. But hell no, I'm not doing that, my friend. Wow. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I love Georgia and Alabama to play football together, but I'm not going down there. No way. You know? Yeah, it's just crazy. not going to happen. But that is crazy. They're and and there's probably there'll probably be a breakout after after that game with that many people in there. Uh, no social distancing, like you say, masks are optional, so that means probably nobody gonna be wearing any. And there'll be a there'll be a wave. You'll be you'll be hearing about it. Yep. Yep. So anyway, that's that's how we want to start this thing out. You know, Indianapolis is bringing out all the stars and bringing out all the stops and want everybody to make sure they can look uh, lovingly upon the city of Indianapolis. You know, they they always put a a big, huge sticker on the uh, JW Marriott uh, downtown. They've been doing that since they hosted the Super Bowl here. Um, whatever they, you know, it's got the 20 with the football and the two, two, that's, you know, the JW Marriott is a big blue building downtown that stands out by itself because it's un, you know, Indiana. Okay. And they've got on the front side of that, that the, the logo of 2022, and they got that on the, the windows of Lucas oil stadium It's huge, you know? So yeah, I hope folks have a good time, uh, as far as, pulling for a team i would be pulling for alabama but the majority of the country is going to be voting for georgia and i really believe that georgia is going to win the game by 10 points mm-hmm. yep okay so that's all i've got for that yeah i don't follow enough college football to weigh in on it uh, my old manager was uh he was a roll tide guy he's roll <laughs> tide all the time you know yeah 
And uh, so I know he's going to be eagerly watching this game in his retirement location down in Florida. He's going to be rooting for the for the tide and Nick Saban to do it again. And they're already talking about if he wins. Uh, what is this? This will be his eighth championship if he wins or something yep. like that. Be seven at Georgia and one at yeah. LSU. So they're talking about he might be the winningest uh, coach in all of football or something like that. The greatest coach of all. You know, they're always throwing around the the accolades, you know, once you get to a certain level. So uh, but I know some people are, I think, on uh, the NBA uh, inside the NBA the other night. Uh, Charles Barkley is rooting for Georgia. So, of course, he, he guaranteed that Georgia was going to win. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Georgia's has got uh, a little extra fire underneath their belly yeah. because they were embarrassed in the uh, SEC uh, championship game. Yeah, yeah. And it's always tougher to beat somebody the second time in the same right. season anyway. Right. I, I've, I've never, as long as I coach football, the second time that we play someone in the same season, like during the playoffs, it was always tougher. Yeah. And there are a few times that we beat somebody bad earlier and they came back and beat us, you know, later on during the playoffs, put us out and so on. So, right. Right. you know, like right. I said, I think the majority of the country is going to be rooting for Georgia. Uh, you know, as far as Nick Saban goes, I would say he is the greatest college football coach. The greatest coach ever. No way. Yeah. yeah. OK, no way. Uh, Red Arback. Uh, John Wooden, those two right there stand out to me as the greatest coaches ever. Vince Lombardi, yeah, but he was only around. He was Vince Lombardi was only around for a short period of time. Chuck Noll, Chuck Noll, throw throw him up there with you know the Steelers. But football is a lot different than basketball. But you know, Red Arback, you know, with eleven NBA championships. You know, John Wooden with was it. 10. He's got 10. Uh, I think it's 10. 10, 10 NCA, eight of them in a row. Yeah. You know, eight years being undefeated or something like that, yep. man. Yep. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't touch that. You know, as, nope. as MC no. Ham said, you can't touch that. Can't touch that. Is right. <laughs> and we, we, we happen to be privileged to see a lot of those UCLA championships. Oh, absolutely. You know, that was during our era watching, uh, watching UCLA dominate. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, he, he's a great coach, man. I give him, give him his props, man. He, he manages to uh, have these great teams year after year after year, uh, like Gino Ariema and uh, UConn. I mean, he, right. he, he, he brings out the best uh, in those ladies year after year after year. He does great recruiting and they're a powerhouse in women's college basketball. Uh, South Carolina is getting to be that now. Don Staley down there. So there are a lot of great coaches across the spectrum. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the eras. I I think we need to stop with the the greatest of all time type. Yeah, like, yeah. Who's There's the no greatest go. of your <laughs> era? You know? Yes. Yeah. Who's the greatest of your era? And give them their, their flowers and move on. But I, you're never going to decide who is the greatest of all time because – Time keeps moving, man. <laughs> That's right. You know, time didn't end. It keeps going. So <laughs> there's some little kid or some young lady somewhere right now that hasn't been born that's going to eclipse some of the records and stuff that, that's out there right now. So this is greatest of all time stuff. I'm tired of hearing it, man. Just, <laughs> yeah. Who's the greatest of the era in which you were privileged 
to see that athlete or that coach perform? Who's the right. greatest of that era? Who, and who let, and let it be that. Right, right, right. All right, but anyway, we'll we'll move on from that. Let's transition to uh, talking about uh, tennis. How's that? Tennis. Let's let, let's let you hit it, man. Tennis. So uh, this past week, uh, I guess the Australian Open is getting ready to get underway and uh, down under. And um, one of the, uh, I guess, the top player, and I'm going to make sure I don't screw up his name. <laughs> Because his name is tough. Novak Djokovic. Yep. Uh, He uh, supposedly got a medical exemption to enter the country due to his COVID vaccination status. And the prime minister said, nope, you are not entering Australia. Uh, Matter of fact, we're going to quarantine you uh, and possibly look at deporting you back uh, to your home country because... Uh, of your vaccination status. He has been very vocal about his uh, vaccination status. And a lot of people uh, in this country, I was surprising, uh, they came out and supported the Australian prime minister uh, to say no. And, and the, the Australian prime minister was 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 cold about it. He's like, look, I don't care who you are. These are our rules. And I don't care if you're this or that, whatever. These are our rules for our country. And if you don't abide by those rules, I don't care who you are. You're not entering. And I applaud that, man. I wish we had more of that here uh, just to lay down the law about, you know, this is how it's going to be. So right now he's in this uh, hotel uh, awaiting. He has filed an appeal. Uh, There's supposed to be a hearing tomorrow, I believe. A judge is going to hear his appeal as to whether or not he's going to be allowed to stay and play in the Australian Open, or is he going to be deported back to his home country? So I applaud it, man. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, There was a young lady uh, who also uh, tried to enter the country. Uh, She left on her own because she knew, like, (laughs) They're not letting me in. So she left on her own. So she is gone. I uh, can't remember her name, but she left. Uh, she was a top women's tennis player. So she left on her own. So we'll see what happens. But your thoughts on uh, on this case, man, as to, you know, what is, what's your feelings on it? Well, here's the deal. This is my thoughts, is that because he's the number one ranked person in the world and he was able to, you know, draw people there. The Australian, the Australian Tennis Association said, sure, come on. I mean, it's the very first major right. of the year. And they said, we don't care about your status. But you, you're number one. And we'll let you slide. We'll, <laughs> let, we'll, we'll give you that privilege that you've earned by being the number one ranked person in the, in the world. Okay? And then the Australian president said, no. And I, like you, I agree. You know, yeah. you can't you can't be sliding to the front of the line. <laughs> you know, when you got all these people that are that can't come there, that that can't be a part of, and then suddenly because you're number one, you're gonna slide your ass up to the front, and you're just yeah. gonna let you in without any restriction. You know what? These are our rules, and if you don't follow the rules, you can keep your ass in the hotel. You're not gonna right. play here. Right. Now right. we'll we'll see if the pressure comes back to the Australian Prime Minister or President or whoever they have there. Yeah, they have a and prime see minister. If he, see if they see if he's going to hold his water. 
Yeah. Okay. See I, if he's I gonna hope, stand stand by. Yeah, I hope he doesn't cave. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, that's he my spoke, thoughts. Yeah, he spoke real strong the other day, man. He's like, I don't care who you are, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. And he yeah. says, number one or not, these are our rules, man. I'm like, man, this give this guy a standing ovation yep. for having the convictions to say, you know what? I'm not putting up with this BS, man. You know, people don't want to follow the rules. And just because you think uh, your status or your standing or whatnot is going to allow you to violate people's rules. Uh, we, we do it here in America all the time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and there, there's a story we want to talk about uh, after this, another sports story. But we do it here in America all the time. Yeah, you and let so, one slide, then, you know, what's right, going to happen is that, so, right. well, you let him do it. When you let him right, do it, right. that's that's like me when I coach. You know, if I told my track athletes, you cannot wear a hat, okay? You cannot wear sunglasses, and you have to be here on time. Right. And if, if you didn't do any of those, those things, you're done. Right. Period. Yeah. And if I let you slide, then I've got 60 other people. They're going to say, oh, Coach Jay, you know, he's 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 he's, he's showing privilege. He's showing a special attention to this person because right. he's wearing sunglasses. Right. It's a track meet. It ain't the damn Hollywood. Get your ass out. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. So that I, I agree. You know, if you let yeah. him slide, then you're just opening the door to be criticized and you're opening the door to not only have the vaccine. I mean, the uh, uh, the variant Omicron variant spread to your country and putting the rest of your people in danger because it's highly contagious. Yep. And it spread so fast. You know, I heard the other day that probably by this time next year, everybody in the country is going to have Omicron. Yeah, that's they, what I heard. Pre- they're predicting that. Yeah, that's what I heard. Hey, that's I'm scary. keeping my ass at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm double tomorrow uh, day after tomorrow, I'm double masking my ass when I go and get on that plane. Well, it, it's insane, man, that uh <laughs> we can't get this mess under control. And so you we transition from uh the Australian Open to what's going on in the NBA where the New Jersey Nets have a player that for the longest time they said, no, you know, he 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 has chosen not to get vaccinated. New York had a requirement that, hey, to be any indoor venue, you had to be vaccinated. So he could not play uh, basketball in New Jersey. And so he was going to set out the entire season because he's like, I'm not I'm getting not getting vaccinated. It's my choice. Right. So the Nets started losing. And what did they do? They bent their rules and brought him back. He still is not vaccinated. We're talking about Kyrie Irving. Right. He's still not vaccinated. So, I mean, I wonder what these people think. Dude, you got a guy who's not vaccinated on your team. He's on your bus, playing whatever, sitting on your bench with guys. I don't know how people think we're supposed to get this under control. You well, know? what's going to what happen if he spreads that to the rest of the team? Right, right. And you've, you've got so many players now, man, that are in what they call health and safety protocols because they've either tested positive or they've got symptoms or whatnot. And if you look at any game, man, you see a lot of people, they're hugging each other after the game. They're all, I mean, basketball is a contact sport. I don't care what people say. You're breathing on each other, sweat, whatever. You're, you're, you're in close contact with people. And if you've got somebody out there that's unvaccinated, who knows who they've been around, but they're out there playing ball with you 
for two hours, whatever it is. I mean, that is that's it being irresponsible in my view, man. Being yeah. irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you've got the same thing going on with Aaron Rodgers now. He, you know, he he's unvaccinated. He's speaking out. And it's like you're in the huddle with uh, 10 other guys, you know. And I mean, it's it's crazy, man. We are never going to get this under control. Yeah. Never. Well, well, winning became more important than uh, health safety. Bottom line, you yeah. know, uh, these professional sports, they are businesses. Okay, so therefore, in order for your business to be successful, you got to win. Okay, Uh, all these players, you know, the more they win, the more endorsements they get, the more endorsements they get, the more money they have. You know, I mean, you know, you got people making, you know, a hundred million dollars to be a sports athlete. Yeah, a hundred million dollars to go out there and play a game. Okay, and you got people in this country that can't pay the damn rent. Right. Right. You know, we have people in this country that can't get a COVID test because they don't have transportation to get there. Right. Okay. And, you know, we, we still, and I, I brought this up to you before, we still need to talk about, you know, American apartheid down the road. We, I, I still want to, Put that on the agenda somewhere down the line. Absolutely. Because people people just, you know, for to be entertained is uh, big business. Hell, yeah. if you look on the NBA, if you look on football before the game, during the games, after the games, they're talking about sports betting now. Yep. Get an app yep. and you can sports bet. 20, 20 years ago, you know, all these people are saying, oh, no, we can't do that. I remember in 1988, the state legislature of Indiana voted to um, allow scratch off lottery. And you could have thought that this state had lost its damn mind <laughs> because of scratch off tickets. Now, they've gone from scratch off tickets to, well, well, let's get a little bit more money. Let's get a little bit more money. So. We'll have riverboat gambling, okay? You can only gamble and go to a riverboat, which is not really a riverboat. It's something that's built on a on, on a river that's never going to leave the docks. Right. So they went from there to, oh, let's let's start doing tracks. You know, we can start watching the the ponies run. Mm-hmm. And and now with these sports betting things, you can do any damn thing that you want now. Yep. But, you know, old conservative Indiana, they, oh, no, we can't do that because it's going to, these people are going to, you know, take their paycheck and they're going to bet their paycheck, you know, and, and so on, because that's the way they they think. And so yeah. it's about the business of, of of the NBA and these sports people and vaccinations. That That's why I mentioned the NCAA and the, the mayor and the, the governor of the uh, city of uh, governor of Indiana, the mayor of Indianapolis and the, the uh, Marion County health department person, this sister, she's been muzzled. Wow. She's been muzzled because they're looking at a hundred million dollars coming to the city of Indianapolis in three days. Yeah. You don't, you don't want, you don't want that. You know, well, you know, we're we're gonna pay for this, man. Well, we're already paying for it, but it's only gonna get worse. 
And uh, it's it's we've talked about this numerous times on the broadcast how how upside down our country is the the people who do the the the, the jobs that are considered more valuable in society they reap nothing, yep. you know they they make hardly anything, and um, it's what we prize in this country, man. We 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 prize um, entertainment. Uh, I it's just crazy, man. It's crazy, and we we we're we're in a desperate situation. We've said that before here. America is in a desperate situation. We're we're getting closer and closer to that going over the going over those falls, man. <laughs> we're yeah. getting closer and closer, and uh, the fact that you know people get paid millions and millions of dollars to shoot a ball, throw a pass, hit a home run, put a puck through a net. All this other stuff, man, and you've got teachers and firefighters and cops and military folks who are making a fraction of that, but they they serve and they put their lives on the line and they teach our kids and all. They they don't get rewarded for that from a monetary aspect, and there's something seriously wrong with that. Yep. Yep. Seriously wrong with that. So. Yeah, the number of teachers, the number of teachers getting out of education, man, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, because being on the school board, I can see those numbers, wow. and the number of people going into education, yeah, it's falling, 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 falling. Let alone the people that drive the buses, the people right, that are custodians, right. all these people. You know, they are doing other things. I mean, right. I, I I knew a guy that was at the high school I taught with right before the fall break. He goes, you know, I can make more money selling cars than I can being a teacher. Wow. You know? I mean now he he's he's selling cars that are that are, are six figure cars. Right, right. He's buying cars. Now this is a teacher. This is a, a a guy that's not thirty years old yet. He's buying cars that six figure cars and selling cars six figures. So education to him, yeah, it's not that important. And that's that's unfortunate, man. You know, because you know, he's a great teacher. Be, teaching used to be such a prized profession, man. You know, and now, I mean, a lot of you know, you you see it. You you were in education, but you know, from our viewpoint out here, it's the same thing, man. They're they're constantly begging for substitute teachers, people, bus drive, whatever, anything in the educational realm. People are exiting, and um, we've made it tougher uh, for those folks to do their jobs. And it's just my opinion. You know, yep. uh, it's not just the pay; it's some other factors in there as well. But money's a big aspect, aspect of it. Yeah. But there are other things that have gone on in education that a lot of folks feel. You know what? No, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. So, right. So. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna throw throw another story back over your direction since you are a football guy. Football. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about Mr. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. <laughs> what, what what what's your take on AB? The the player that just keeps giving. <laughs> the player that just keeps acting a damn fool. Okay, well. Everybody knows of, I've heard that Antonio Brown has decided to quit football. And in last Sunday's football game, 
he decided that they were playing the Jets, I think it was. Yep. And right before uh, halftime or yeah, sometime right, do, right, right before, before halftime. Before the half, I think. Okay. He gets pissed off because the story was is that he had a hurt ankle and he couldn't go back in the game. That was the first story. And the coach came over to him and asked him to go back in the game. And he says, my ankle's hurt. Okay? I'm not going back into the game. And the coach says, you know, I'm the coach. I want you to go back into the game. And so he's, the story was, he says, the hell with this. I'm not going back in the game. You disrespect me, blah, blah, blah. You know how that goes. And so he decides to quit. And he just shows his ass. I mean, he, he takes his jersey off, his shoulder pads off, and he throws it up against the benches. He takes his glove off. He throws his gloves up into the stands. He takes his his um, his uh, shirt off, his undershirt off, uh, throws it up in the stands, and then he he's jogging off the field, giving the peace sign as he exits the stadium. <laughs> so, first of all, if his ankle was hurt, he wouldn't be jogging. Right. Secondly, he was also doing like... Um, uh, sidearm swings, you know, jumping jacks. Uh, jumping jacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if his ankle was hurting, you know, I didn't see him limping. No. no. Okay. So, you know, prior to that, you know, here's a guy that has number one been a pain in the ass. Okay. And to me, people are saying that he has mental issues. He's not. He. I. I don't feel he has mental issues. I just feel that he's a sad ass person that is spoiled rotten. Mm. Bottom line, I just. I. I think he's just spoiled rotten. He's always gotten his way, and then when he didn't get his, when he doesn't get his way, he acts a damn fool. Okay, mm. when he's with the Steelers. He acted a damn fool. Okay. Uh, You know, when he became the number one receiver for the Steelers, then he began to think that he was special and he should get special treatment. Right. Well, while he was at the Steelers, you know, he did stuff that was just was dumbass. You know, they win a game. The head coach, Mike Tomlin, is having a speech to the team. And he's on Facebook Live or Instagram Live filming that. And that's one thing that players, there's there's an unwritten rule. What goes on in the locker room stays in the locker room. Yep. Okay. So he decides that he's going to go to Instagram Live, you know, during preseason. He didn't go to meetings. He showed him showed up to meetings late. He didn't come to practices. So the Steelers cut his ass. Okay. Got rid of him. And so, I mean, he's he's a hell of a player. He's got 
everything that you can imagine to be a wide receiver. You can catch the ball and all that. You can run after catch and all that stuff. Right. But but Mike Tomlin, as the the uh, coach of the Steelers, says, I just can't do it anymore. Okay? So they cut him. He goes to the Raiders. And the the the, the coach there, John Gruden, oh, Antonio Browns, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the next coming of, we're going to win, win, win. We're just going to win, baby. And he starts acting the fool there. You know, he couldn't. Couldn't play because he started the season off with frozen feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, imagine. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> what what a dumbass that you're gonna go. They send people to cryo chambers. Number one, I wouldn't get into a damn cryo chamber. I don't care damn how hurt I am. They put people in a cryo chamber in order to help them heal sooner, because you know it's it's something that's designed to get you back into the game quicker. Right, right. Well, his dumb ass, he goes into the cryo, cryo chamber with wet feet. And they're going to drop the temperature to 200 below zero or something for a certain time. And his damn feet freeze. And he gets third degree burns on his feet. And I can tell you, one time I was running. I, this is going to be kind of a related story. All right. When I run... I run with uh, cotton gloves. I mean, I remember you asked me, what, yeah. you know, what do you run? And I said, I'm going to run in, I run in cotton gloves. Okay. But one time I decided that I was going to run in these near neoprene gloves. To, it was probably 20 below zero. Okay. And I was going to run in these neoprene gloves. Well, I put the gloves on and what ended up happening is that my hand started to sweat and it was 20 below zero. All right. I got a half a mile. My hands were really, really cold because my hands were sweating and the sweat right. was freezing. Right. Okay. I got about a mile and a quarter and said, I'm going home. My hands were literally almost frozen solid Wow. in about 10 Probably about 10 minutes, my hands were about frozen solid because my hands were sweating inside those neoprene gloves. And the outside temperature was 20 below zero. Well, Antonio Brown goes into the cryo chamber with wet feet. It's, you know, 200 below is different than 20 below. Right. So he had that problem. And then... You know, with the with the Raiders, you know, everything was going to be good. And he hung in there for a short period of time. And John Gruden said, I can't take him. OK, so from there. He goes to New England. All right. Tom Brady is still in New England. All right. Everybody conforms to the New England way. Yep. You know, it's, it's the Patriot way. Bill, yep. Bel Bill Belichick is the coach of the Patriots, and he basically says, you're going to do it my way or your ass is not going to play here, period. You That's want right. a job? You want a job? You're going to come here and you're going to play. You're going to show up on time. You're going to do what you're supposed to do. If it's 20 below outside, we're still going outside and practice. We got to get you used to this stuff. If you right. can't do it, you're going. So he... You know, was there. He he did a couple things. You know, he played a couple games. I think he scored maybe a touchdown. 
down yep. in uh, Miami versus Miami or something like that. And then he said something about the owner of the uh, Patriots. Yeah, Mr. Kraft. But Mr. Kraft, you know, he said something like, you know, um, he's working us like we're slaves. He's treating us like we're slaves. He was gone. Boom. All right. Tom Brady goes to um, goes to uh, Tampa and Tom Brady, you know, he wants to win championships. He knows how to win championship. He needs personnel to win championship. So he goes to Tampa and he has world renowned wide receivers to throw the ball to. You know, he's brought Gronk out of retirement. He's got um, uh, Evans as a wide receiver. He has uh, a couple of other guys. I can't think of a name right off the top of my head right now. Uh, uh, Chris, Go- uh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, oh, he's there. Yeah, Godwin. he's there. Yep, Godwin. And then he brings Antonio Brown to Tampa. He, he needs, you know, that receiver that's going to get him down the field. And Antonio, for last year, he lived with Tom, lived yep. with Brady. Okay, you got man. I'm I'm pulling for you. I'm Tom Brady. I'm Tom freaking Brady. I've won seven Super Bowls. You're gonna live with me. You're gonna toe the line. You're gonna do what you're supposed to do. And he did. That was last year. All right. This year, it's like, okay, he's just gonna go back to doing what Antonio Brown do, even though that Brady. Vouch for him. He went. I can't. I can't do it. And they tried to talk to him on the sideline. I know this is long. They tried to talk to him. Brady even came over to him and said, "You know, you know, man, we we, you know, we need you to." And he said, "Now the the hell with you." Brady said, "I'm done." So that's when he takes off, and then come to find out that uh, it wasn't his ankle, but Antonio was upset that uh, Tom Brady wasn't throwing him the ball. Yeah. Okay. And so he had all these incentives and, and, and Brady was going to help him out. You know, he had to get one touchdown pass. Now just think of this people. If he would score one touchdown pass since then, he was going to get $333,000 and 33 cents. If he had gotten 15 more catches, they're going to add an extra $333,000.33. Wow. If they won, uh, there was one other thing. If he had so many extra yards, they were going to add to that $333,000.33. So literally, if he would have hung around for another week or two, they would have given him an extra million dollars. He was, he was on borrowed time anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because they weren't going to sign him for $48 million because he's going to act a damn fool. Right. So they gave him a a provisional contract saying, Hey, these are your incentives. You do this, you do this, you do this. We'll give you a million dollars. So that's, that's the whole nutshell. I don't think, he has mental issues. I just think he's an asshole. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but those well, are my thoughts. I mean, you've had so many opportunities, man. And after a while, people are just going to, you know, you cry wolf so many times. That's yeah. why people are just going to ignore you. Yep. And, um, you know, extremely talented guy, man, but you can't stay out of your own way. Yep. And uh, this this may be the end, man. You know, he says right now it's a it's a he said, she said type thing. Well, the coach said this, but I told him this that, you know, who knows what the real story is. But as a lot of people have said on a lot of the talk shows, like you don't quit on your squad, man. You don't you don't quit on your team. That's the that's the code, man. You you stay in there. You don't quit. And so uh, I, he may be done, man. I, I don't know. But I, some I think, tells me. I think there's some teams going to pick him up. Yep. Something tells me that some team will year. pick him up. Yeah. I, I think some team will pick him yeah. up. Instead of saying, you know what? Nah, dude, uh, you're, you're done. But that doesn't happen in this society, man. So yeah. I think there is forgiveness for people, but how many chances do you give people, man, before you just slam the door? I mean, yeah, yeah, you've been, you, you know, people have vouched for you, and I, I think, you know, Brady going out on a limb, bringing him in, you know, letting him stay in your house and all this stuff. I mean, I mean, you let down one of the the, the top athletes in, in in the history of football, and this dude vouched for you, man. And this and this is how you repay him. I, I don't know. So he may be done, but some tells me that may not be the case. So <laughs> we'll keep our ear to the ground, as Joe Madison says. We'll we'll keep watching with the third eye and listening with the third ear, man. <laughs> yeah. He may be back in the league at some point. So somebody's desperate enough. They'll yeah, do it. somebody's desperate enough. They'll because take a chance. Remember, it's a business, and you winning is a business. Okay. Yes, it, it is a business, and uh, so uh, somebody may see an opportunity. You know, yeah, he, he's extremely talented, man. But are, are you willing to bring that type of disruption into your organization? You have to yeah. have that. You want to win, so. Yep. Yep. We'll we'll leave it at that, man. But it it was a it was a big story last weekend. Just imploded during the during the game. It's like, dude, is this dude stripping down or what? <laughs> yes, unfortunately, it is. It is what it is. We'll it is what it is. So, yep. uh, moving on. This past week, uh, Tuesday to be exact, was it Tuesday? Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, uh, January the 6th, 2022, uh, a year since uh, uh, the insurrection, um, people attempting to overthrow democracy was the year anniversary of that. Um, It was a solemn day. I watched a lot of the um, activities that went on that day. I listened to the president's speech. I thought it was a good speech. He laid the blame for what happened at the door. Of Agent Orange, I think uh, <laughs> he laid it right at his doorstep, and uh, I applauded that. I think that's the toughest Biden has talked uh, since he's been been in office. Man, he he just let it all hang out, and people are like, dude, you should have been doing this long before now, you know. But uh, a lot of people still do not want to own up to the fact that what happened was indeed an insurrection. Some people have went as far to say it was sedition. Um, just a these people weren't tourists walking through the Capitol, as some people have said. Uh, this was a full onslaught of an attack against the government. 
And um, it was a sad day for the country, man. I was at work. Um, I was at work sitting in my office and I always had a TV on in the background just to, you know, look over on MSNBC or CNN or something like that. And I just happened to look over and saw these people marching, man, with flags. And I was thinking, like, what the heck is going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> the next thing you know, it, all hell is broken loose. So sad day for the country, man, overall. And uh, uh, I, I just hope they get to the bottom of this. And uh, to me, the people who were in the Capitol – yeah, you're 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 going to do your due diligence to try to uh, find out who these people are, convict them, possibly send them to prison or whatnot. But the people who need to be held accountable are right within the halls of the government. And that's what's irritating me, why it's taking so long, because you know good and well that there are people inside the Senate, inside the Congress that were part of this mess and it seems like it's taking the Justice Department, whoever, forever to get to the bottom of this and hold these people accountable. So uh, sad day for the country, man. I thought I would never see that in my lifetime. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. It's um, an anniversary that will live in infamy. Yeah. And as long as this country has divided and it will it will will. It will remain divided as long as people are not trusting the idea of democracy. Yep. What we have literally is a group of people that want to turn the United States of America into a fascist country. What we have is a minority of group of a people that want to disavow, discredit an election. Democracy is about choosing the people you want to represent you in the government. Whenever, whenever you have an election that takes place, a free, full election, and the people have spoken, whenever someone denies that election, what you've got is literally a coup. And that's exactly what has happened with January 6, 2021. And As long as people do not believe that Joe Biden is the legitimate president of the United States and you have a small number of people, literally militia, racist, white nationalists trying to run the country. And then we have a former president that has been pushing a lie before the election in November of 2020. Yep. And by pushing that lie from the beginning, they're trying to make it not the election not legitimate. 
bottom line. Okay. And so we have crazy people. We have people that, you know, once again, we've talked about this, that country over party is the route to go as opposed to party over country or stupidity over country. Because there's a lot of people that are out there that through propaganda, you know, I call it Foxaganda, (laughs) okay, um, that only want to believe what they want to believe. And the insurrection that took place a year ago was that, okay? It, It just amazes me, and, you know, we talked about some sports analogies. We've talked that, you know, Colin Kaepernick kneels and can't get a job because he's disrespecting the flag. But yet these people go to the Capitol with the flag and turn the flag against the Capitol Police. Turn the flag against the people that are there to protect a lawful democratic change of government. Right, right. Okay? You know, the, the previous occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has been the only president to deny democracy. Yep. The only one to say that the election was not legitimate. Of all those, there's been 59 presidential elections, and 2020 was the first time that a former president said, I'm against democracy. There's been 47 men that have been president of the United States, and he's the only one, okay, the only one, I take it back, 40, was 46, 45 men. 45, yeah. 45 men. Uh, he's the only one to say democracy is not good enough. Yep. Oh, it's it's because he's a loser, man. He's a loser. <laughs> he's always I, been a loser. And, uh, you know, people people who can't, who don't have the uh, who don't have the skills, don't have the abilities, they always have to fashion a way to put themselves in a position to to get people to feel as though, you know, hey, they've got a they've got an unfair advantage over me or whatnot. No, if you're not that good. And like you say, man, democracy is about the people picking who they want to represent them. Well, guess what? The majority of the people in America, they don't want your ass representing them anymore. Yes. That's what it came down to. You know, if if you truly believe in democracy, the people have spoken. The people yep. spoke. But those people who spoke, guess what? A lot of them were black and brown, and you don't like that. Right. The numbers are changing in this country, and you don't like that. So as you say, man, if, if if they can't win outright, they're going to find a way to cheat. We see that going on right now. 
And uh, it's it's pathetic, man. What it what is happening? It is pathetic. Well, here, here's something else. You know, as as they uh, held the solemn um, remembrance of yep. the um, January 6th of the people that saved democracy, literally saved democracy. There was not one Republican nope. from the Senate that attended. Right. There was only one Republican that was there, and that was Liz Cheney and her, and, and her father. Yep. And everybody has beef with Dick Cheney, but even Dick Cheney came and showed respect right. to the people that helped save democracy. The officers, yep. the 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 Metropolitan Police Department, the Capitol, the Capitol uh, Police, and so on. It was more about giving them homage and respect than about the insurrection or blaming someone. Right. We are here to honor these people that saved our ass. Right. And not one of them went. Yep. Not one. That is a shame. You know, there's there's one final thing I'll I'll say with this with the, the past occupant. And that is, I heard somebody say this the other day, that lies lead to violence. Yep. And violence leads to more lies. And that, a lot of that makes sense. Because since the past occupant lies about everything, and those people that showed up on January the 6th, his lies led to their violence. And their violence has led to nothing more than other lies trying to cover up those lies that were told before. That is true. You know, that is true. So, I mean, I mean, what a lot of these people, I wish they would, if they sat and thought about this for a minute, if the election was illegitimate, as these people have been, you know, brainwashed to believe not only was his name wasn't the only name on any of these ballots. A yeah. lot of other people got elected. Every one of them should have lost. At the same time. So if the election is invalid, the election was rigged, then you're if you got elected, you're 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 invalid as well. They they don't they don't recognize that. Right, right. They only concerned with like, well, only one name got pulled off the ballot. I mean, really? One name got pulled off the ballot? No. There were a lot of other names on that ballot of people that got elected who were Republican. And so if if the, the election is, is as rigged as these people want to be led to believe, then the people that are in these positions, your position is 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 no good as well. So it's just stupid, man. Plum stupidity. That's what we're dealing with. And democracy is in peril. Uh, it, it is truly in peril. And I'm I'm sort of leery, man, of what's going to happen here. Midterms this year, 2022. And uh, that if, if things do change here uh, for 2022, the midterms, we're going to be in for a rough, rough road uh, when 2024 rolls around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I mean, if if these people get control, those idiots. yeah. If if these idiots get control of the uh, Congress, we're 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 done, man. We're done because I don't see anybody 
a voice of reason that's going to stand up and speak out against any of this stuff. Oh, you, no. you don't see any leadership from the other side, none. And I think um, Dick Cheney said that the other day, said he was ashamed uh, at the level of leadership within the GOP. You know, it's a lot of people have spoken out against it. How, you know, what happened to the Republican Party, man? It's just they're they're a party of, of idiots. Grievances. Now. Yeah, grievances. Yeah. You got you to gotta always that. find somebody to uh to like you say to be against man uh i saw somebody i forgot who it was uh when the vice president gave her remarks the other day uh in the capitol before the before the president spoke she started her speech with you know and we've talked about this before man you you remember where you were when certain things took place in history and she called off three dates Mm -hmm. she mentioned pearl harbor she mentioned 9-11, and she mentioned January the 6th. Well, somebody made a mistake like uh, – somebody made a comment uh, regarding her comments that, like, why is she trying to make January the 6th like 9-11? And, I mean, she didn't. She was saying there, you remember where you were when certain events in history took place. Right. That's, that's how, But they've always got to find somebody to go after, man, you know? Always, always. It, it can't be anything for the good of the country. It's it's something you got to have somebody to be against. So it after a while, it gets tiring. It, it gets it gets tiring, man. And you're just like, why don't these people go somewhere and sit down and shut up? Yeah, they're not because they're running the state. They're running the, the state uh, governments. Yep. that's that's the next battleground. I mean, that's yep. where Democrats have failed. Yeah. And the fact that. They've only looked after the national and have neglected state and local. Yeah. Well, I think yep. they're kind of getting a sense now that they need to pay attention to the state and local elections now, because at the national level, there's always going to be, I think there's always going to be more people to vote against uh, right. that's going to vote for Democrats. Right. Okay. But um yeah, that's that's a, a, a sad remembrance that uh, anniversary that we have to deal with, and and as long as January the sixth comes around, it's always going to be brought up. Yeah, and yep. And, yep. and and Cheeto Jesus is always going to be mentioned in a bad light. Cheeto Jesus, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are bowing down to this man for what I don't know. Because he is he is worthless. He he's a loser. And uh, me, I mean, I I want to try to get behind somebody that's got a bit of uh you know uh you know they've got something that to get behind, man. This dude he has nothing to get behind, man. Yeah. Nothing. And people are beholden to this guy, yeah. uh, groveling and carrying on and giving up their their integrity and whatnot just to please somebody that. You know good and well don't give a damn about you. So he's a punk. Yeah, he he's is. a punk. Yeah. He's never. I bet you he's never been in a fight in his life. No, I, I I would say that is true. He is a coward. I would say that is true. And somebody said that the other day, man. He was up there, you know, firing these people up. We're gonna go walk down to the Capitol. Where was your punk ass? Your punk mm. ass was sitting in the in the Oval Office. They're watching it on TV, man. Why weren't you out there with your people? 
Yeah. That's my thing. Why were you out? Why weren't you out there with your people, Mister Big Guy? Yeah. Ah, you're right. He he's a punk ass coward, man. <laughs> punk ass coward. Yeah. So these people who are beholden to him, more power to you, man. But this this guy, he he ain't worth your time, man. Not worth your time. Uh, that so, sounds good. All right, let's do it. We, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, let's lay this one to bed for lay this now. To bed. Our uh, our our last topic for the evening. We we we. This came out late after we had put together our agenda, uh, so we we added this to the agenda tonight because I think uh, uh, the individual we're going to talk about deserves the utmost respect that we could give them. And that is Mr. Sidney Portier passed uh, on Saturday, right? Was it Saturday? Mm-hmm. Friday. Friday. Was it Friday? I believe it was yes. Friday. Saturday. Friday. Whenever Saturday. we last communicated. The last that, we communicated, it, we yeah, had formulated the agenda. And then my daughter texted me and said, oh, Dad, Dad uh, Sidney Portier died. So it might have been Friday. Mm-hmm. I think it was Friday. But anyway, uh, a giant, um, giant in the movie industry, uh, humanitarian giant, civil rights giant, uh, just a hell of an individual uh, past uh, age of 94. Uh, you and I were talking yesterday. You know, you said, hey, I got to I got to go watch Uptown Saturday night in homage of Mr. Portier. And I said, yep, I, I'm going to go watch in the heat of the night. Um, just some iconic roles that he played. Um, they had a great um, segment on Sunday morning this morning about Mr. Portier, mm-hmm. uh, the interview he did with Leslie Stahl, I think it was, or yeah, it was yeah, I think it was Leslie Stahl. He did right. an interview with her, and uh, you know, just the way he carried himself, man. I I I don't know if we have, and and people say Denzel is that person. Denzel is is good, and I I love watching him work his craft. But I don't know if we want to say he's Sidney Poitier esque. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I you know that I mean, would be tough. <laughs> the movies that he played in and starred in were movies that in this interview that you mentioned with Leslie Stahl. He wanted to make sure that he was playing someone that had a lot of dignity. Right. Someone that um, uh, had uh, civil uh, issues going on for the positive. And he didn't want to play any step and fetch it or roles in which um, uh he was demeaned as an actor or as a human being or as a black man. Right. And uh, the movies, the movies that he made, and I've I've watched nearly all of them. And um, over the Christmas holidays, the kids were home for Christmas. And one of the, Big movies that he he starred in in 1967 was to serve with love. Yeah, and Stephanie and Alex were here, and they had never seen it before. Wow! And so it came on. I mean, I was flipping through channels or whatever. I said, "Oh, let's watch this." And just the the content of the movie, they were astonished by 
you know, all the things that he dealt with in the movie and so on and the overall picture. OK. And and so on. It was just, you know, uh, every movie. I mean, we could list his first major movie was uh, No Way Out. I don't know no if you ever out. saw that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh Two guys are criminals, uh, two brothers. One was, uh, he was, Sidney Poitier was playing a doctor, and yep. uh, his, his, one of the two brothers died, and they blame it on, on, blame it on the black man. Yep. <laughs> and the, the guy was a racist. I think R- Richard Whitmar played Richard the Whitmar. other, yep, yep. played the other role, and he's, you're not going to treat me because you're black, and I don't like black people, blah, blah, blah. And so he had to deal with that, you know, the Hippocratic Oath was more important than um, him dealing with this racist. Even though this racist disrespected him, this racist, he felt that even though this guy was a racist, he had to do his duty to save this guy's life. Even though God didn't want him to help him. So that was, you know, that's one that's out there. Um, the, The first actual movie I watched with my parents was the Defiant Ones, in which he and uh, Tony Curtis were escaped prisoners, yep. and they were they were chained together, they were locked together, and they had to deal with, you know, the same racial issues and so on. They had to trust one another uh, in order to, you know, survive. I mean, that was, uh, that was a good one, and one of. Another one of my favorites. I'm just gonna go through these, and we can you you jump in anytime you want to jump in. Raising in the sun. Raising in the sun. I like and that. Yeah. I like that one because <laughs> you know his sister was dating Lewis Gossett. Yep. Lewis That's Gossett a guy. That's a guy. <laughs> That's a guy. <laughs> I mean, some yep. people made my favorite line in. In the raising his son was when Sidney Poitier was getting on Lewis Gossip because Lewis Gossip was, you know, one of these bougie type yeah, black yeah. black folks coming in to uh, date his sister. <laughs> and Sidney Sidney Poitier was getting on his getting on his his sister and his mom about him dating her. <laughs> and Sidney Poitier said, "I don't want him up here with those faggoty looking shoes that yeah. he'd be wearing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, when you could. That's when you could say that. You could, he couldn't say that today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he someone say would that look today. at it. Look at it. I mean, different. I mean, he 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 has some memorable lines, man. That that resonate yeah. uh, in in a lot of movies that you you're like, man. You just say them, and you you hear. You're like, yeah, that's it. The <laughs> uh, the the one of my favorites is guess who's coming to dinner. Yep. And he's a doctor married to this young white girl. But the line in that movie that resonates when he and his dad were having a heated argument in the study and he says, Dad, (laughs) he's like, you view yourself as a colored man. I view myself as a man. (laughs) I mean, that that was deep, man. That was deep. You know, I mean, you don't you don't think about that, especially when the movie was made 1967. Yeah. You know, a black man dating a white white right. girl. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, and 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 then they're going to show him kissing her. Yep. And yep. Um, the other was another one 
That uh, was a the, nice one. Uh, yeah. uh, a patch of blue. Patch of blue. Yeah. He patch kissed a white blue. girl in that movie. Yeah. And and, you know, he's always about being color blo- color blind, pretty much, because in a patch of blue, here's this blind teenager, basically, who's mm-hmm. been sheltered her entire life. And he shows her the world through his eyes because mm-hmm. she couldn't see. Yeah. And then she ends up kissing him. All right. And it's like, you know, you know, when we were sitting at the state in the in the upper decks or the the balcony of the state theater. okay, it was still segregated back then. Absolutely. You know, so that gives you some idea of, you know, the way his roles were broken down. On top of that, he was the first black man to receive. To receive, to receive an Oscar for a leading role. Yep, yep. That's another great movie, uh, Lilies of the Field. Lilies of the that's, Field. That's another great one, man. Uh, and it, it's funny, I was waiting this weekend. I thought Turner Classic Movies would have on all his movies. They haven't put any on yet. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't had any on. I've got quite a few of them on DVD, and I've been watching them. Um, one we haven't mentioned He's not the leading leading actor in this particular movie, but he has a big part, and that is the Blackboard Jungle. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Blackboard Jungle. And uh, so uh, that is a great film. Uh, but he, again, he's not the main character of the movie, but he does have Wasn't a Wasn't the main part. character, was that Tony Tony Curtis? The was main, the main was person it? in this was, uh, was Glenn Ford. Yeah, Glenn Ford, that's it. Glenn that's Ford it. was yeah. the main character. And he was just happy. He was another teacher in this school. And again, it was a setting to where a lot of these kids, they were wayward. <laughs> they were wayward youth in this school and the teachers could control the kids and that type of thing. And so uh, but he was a he was a again, his character in there. He set a good example for those kids and they eventually grew to come around to his way of thinking about how he presented himself in the classroom or whatnot. But yeah. again, he's not the main character in that movie, but just, it is a great movie. After just all. like To Serve With Love, except yes, it was it was love. the American version of To Serve With Love, pretty much. Yep. yep. Yeah, that, that is a great movie. A lot of the lessons he taught in that class, and it, it, when that movie just, it was on a couple of weeks ago. I think you, you, you it was on a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, how am I going to reach these kids? And he's like, that's it. That's it. I got to show them that they 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 want to think they're grown. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to talk to them about grown issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And they started to come around to him and warm up to him and they started to respect him and whatnot. And it was like, wow, this this is this is great. This is great. But uh a giant, man. Giant on the screen. Uh so many things he did as far as the civil rights movement. Uh, just, just amazing, man. And it seems like the great ones are leaving us, man. The, the great yeah. ones are leaving us. And, uh, this one was just, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, you feel a certain way, uh, when someone of his stature passes because of what he meant to the black community. And right. he took, he took a lot of, lot of heat from people within the black community because they thought that, uh, you know, he was trying to be too white or whatnot. And that's, you know, that's get out of here with that garbage, man. Yeah this, yeah. this guy is he is at the top of his craft and he refused to play certain roles. 
And when people do that in our community, it's often viewed as, well, why are you trying to be white? You know, that type (laughs) of foolishness, you know, but uh, I think for the most part, he had the utmost respect of the black community uh, for what he did for the community, the roles he played. They will stand for uh, the test of time, man. We'll be watching these movies from now on. And he played a major role in the civil rights movement. Absolutely. He didn't sit back, you know, nope. he didn't sit back and say, hey, nope. you know, I can't do this. This is something that's going on for our, for our people at the time. Right, right. I mean, it's just it's just like, uh, you know, in the heat of the night. You said you just watched that. Yeah. And um, I think it, it may have been the Leslie Stahl thing that was on. And um, he said that that part when he was in the little greenhouse. Yeah. And, and the guy slapped him. He slapped him back. Right. <laughs> OK. I mean, he said literally that uh, when this scene takes place, I want it written in my contract that I'm going to slap him back. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of people, it was like, I mean, he slapped him, he slapped him back and he goes, did you see that? He goes, and Rod Steiger goes, yep, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. (laughs) And then the and then the guy that was behind him, the uh, the uh, the black uh, steward or or servant or whatever, when when they left, he walked out and just shook his head at 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 the at the guy that slapped Cindy Poitier. Right. Right. I can't believe you did that. That's just that's just below you. Yeah. And so he played some roles. I mean, I mean, I mentioned Uptown Saturday Night, you know, where (laughs) he was he and, and Bill Cosby played yeah. two roles in which they were, you know, kind of con men. It was, they were comedies. He went from dramatic roles to comedy roles. Yeah. Uptown Saturday night. He did three in a row uptown Saturday night. He did let's do it again, which was one of my favorite with him and Bill Cosby. Yeah. And then he did a piece of the action, piece which of was action. kind of yeah. the trilogy to that. And then he, he directed, he was the director of stair crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Richard with, uh, Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yeah, yeah. And then he made a brief comeback in the '90s. He he was in a couple of like little spy movies, like uh, Shoot to Kill, uh, yeah. Sneakers, which was more of a, like a little techno thing yeah. with Robert Redford, I think it was. And then um, his last uh, starring role was he played. Um, he played Thurgood Marshall and he played um, Nelson Mandela and he got Emmys. He got Emmys for, I think, Thurgood Marshall. So those were the last two acting roles that he really had. But I mean, from 1950 with No Way Out until Thurgood Marshall in the 1990s, you're talking a 40 year span that he was, um, the most prolific actor in Hollywood. And he did it his way. You know, as Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra said, he did it his way. And he, yeah. there were certain roles that he did not want to do because they were, they didn't make him feel that this was what black folks and minorities had to deal with. Right. Right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. We we like I say, man, we were coming before on air. We we could talk about this man for hours and hours. 
Um, you mentioned uh, in the heat of the night, the slap and the slap back. Uh, another great, and I think that's what everybody remembers uh, him for. Uh, in the heat of the night, uh, Rod Steiger's characters disrespecting him. Yep. You know, like, Virgil, that's a pretty, pretty uppity name for a color boy. What what do they call you in Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> oh, Mr. Tibbs. Oh, let's let's show this Mr. Tibbs something. And this yeah. this, this, this boy, he, he's making $162 yeah. a week. Yeah. $162 a week. Well, let's show him. See if he's so smart. Let's see if he can help us solve this yeah. thing. With Mr. Yep. Mr. Detective from Philadelphia, yep. yeah, <laughs> he did. He he solved that case, and it was it was cool too, man. That the the wife of the guy who got killed, she's like, I want this color boy on this case. <laughs> she said, I want this color boy on this case. Otherwise, I'll take my husband's business and I'll leave Sparta. So there were a lot of great things in that movie going on at the same time that mm-hmm. like, wow, this this is amazing. So we will never forget, man, the giant of a man that Sidney Poitier was. We will have his work to watch uh, from this day forward. It's not going anywhere. And uh, he, he's one of the greats, man. As we were talking the other day with my daughter, he is a trailblazer. Um, he is a um, groundbreaking artist, um, just a giant. And that's, uh, I think, uh, that's an understatement. And uh, I think that's where we'll leave it, my friend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rest in peace. Rest, with rest power. in peace. Rest in power. Yes. Mr. Sidney right. Portier. Mr. Sidney Portier. All right. Um, any final comments words before we wrap up this episode my friend no there's a whole lot of things that's going to go on here um i know that um a couple days from now i'll be back down in my florida crib right (laughs) i'm tired of this cold weather (laughs) uh i'm sure between now and next sunday there'll be some other things that come up that we'll We'll discuss. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to say, you know, uh, one final thing is that, um, you know, a, a week ago today, um, I went down to our hometown and, um, you know, went to the uh, home going of Mrs. Hare. Okay, yes. And, yep. um, you know, it, it, it was... It was good to see all of our friends growing up that we went to because that we went to school with and let you know that she had uh, a lot of people that loved her and it, it was just good. Uh, I, they had the, the uh, showing Sunday night and okay. the, funeral, the funeral was Monday, uh, Monday morning. And it it was good to get back home and to see some of our friends. It's a sad situation, but um, you know it's it's sad. I think it's something that we should maybe think about. Is that um, maybe there's something that we could do as a as a community to get together that's not a funeral. True. You know? True. Uh, you know, maybe we should have a homecoming. 
you know, we're all, you know, just a, a E-Town homecoming or something. Because no, it was it was it was so good to see all the people that we that we knew and that we hadn't seen for for a while, you know, and yeah. it's it's sad that we have to go home to see these people. I, I, I would hope that someday that we can have a homecoming. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, no, that's, a, that's a good idea, man. You know, it, that's a good idea. <laughs> sometime in the summer or something to say, hey, you know, we, we're going to play some music. We're going to go out to Freeman Lake or go someplace, maybe out to the country club. Everybody that we went to school with, everybody that we grew up in E-Town, you know, because really, you know, as we go on, I mean, it was good to see your mom, you know, at, at the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she looked she looked good, you know. Uh it was good to see, you know, Leroy Grays and wow. you know, Cuffy and you know, all these people yeah. that went through. It was just good to see these folks. And yeah. I, I don't I wish that, you know, we could have a time where we could just go back to E Town and just hang out, you know, just one weekend in which yeah. we don't have to think about, you know, you know, someone that's that's passed on. Yeah. That yeah. you know, because you know, man, that's that that's something we ought to think about. Uh, you know, as as a as a broadcast, maybe that's something we could sponsor and do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and yeah. and we got people on the chambers, Converse. We got we Absolutely. got friends that are on the city council. Yeah. That you know, maybe we can work something out to that. You know, we can have a homecoming and everybody yeah. show up. We invite all of our friends. Right, right. You Black, know, because, in between. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All, everybody that, that grew up in E-Town at that time that's still there, just right. come out. Come out and meet people and catch up with people. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just fellowship, man. I, yep. Yeah. That, that's novel, man. I, I like the idea. Uh, I, I want to throw in, man, uh, while, you, while you were there, uh, paying your respects to Miss Hare, uh, our classmate, uh, Ken, Ken Stewart, man, his dad passed. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Cause Norman, Norman, uh, yeah. was, he left and said that Ken's, Ken's father passed yeah. too. So he was going down to Sonora yep. Yep. Uh, for that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So they had his funeral this past week. Uh, so we've had Kendra on the show. That's her granddad. Right. So we've, uh, you know, Brenda and San and Ken, that was their dad. So, yep. uh, it's, yeah. And like you say, man, it's, I've been home here quite a bit, uh, here recently, but you know, it's always good to see people, man. It's, you know, that you grew up with and you see how they're doing and just catch up with people just to say, Hey, and whatnot. But it's, it's always good to see people and yeah, and reconnect, That's reconnect. Yeah, and absolutely. Reconnect. And I I hadn't seen Darnell since I left E-Town. Wow. I didn't even I didn't even recognize him. Wow. He knew who I was. A lot of people really? knew who I was, even though I had. He goes, look, that's Steve Johnson. I went, who in wow. the hell is this? You know. Wow. He goes, this is I'm Darnell. I said, oh man, now I can see it, but I didn't know who he was. Wow. You know, because wow. you know I haven't seen him for almost fifty years. Dang, 50 years. I mean, you know, I left E-Town wow. in 1975. Wow. And really, I hadn't been back. Wow. Wow. And, you know, uh, you know uh, I hear from my mom every now and then, man. A lot of our, a lot of people we grew up with, man, they're actually moving back to E-Town now. They're actually moving back to E-Town. Yeah, they are. They're moving back yep. to E-Town. My mom yep, I saw stop. I saw Stopper. Yeah, Stopper's back there. Uh, Johnny's I moving back. I said Stopper. Back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Donnie's yeah. moving back. Uh, my mom ran into him. Um, he said, yeah, he said, all my family is what what's left of my family is here in E-Town. He's, he left Vegas and he's moving back to E-Town. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are, are coming back, man. I, you know, it's it's sort of sad in a way, man, that, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, that's our home, man. And you have good yeah. memories of that. And every time yeah. I go back, it's like you always run into somebody. They know you. But you have to like, okay, who is this? I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh yeah, that's who you are. Yes. You know, and it takes a while for the memories to come back. Uh, but I I run into so many people, man. This little um, grocery store around the corner from my mom's house. And you go in there, and I go get my mom and dad. They they play the the little lottery things, and I go get snacks up there for them and whatnot. And I go in there, and I've run into so many people, and I'm like, hey. Aren't you so? Yeah, yeah. How you been? I haven't seen you. Again, you haven't seen people for 20, 30 years. And uh, it's like, wow. Um, good it's to like see. It was yesterday. It's like it was yesterday. It's like it's yesterday. Yeah, yeah, good to see. So I like that idea, man. That That's something we ought to, we ought to try to do, man, and uh, make that happen. Make that happen. Yeah. Well, at least let's find a date. You know, yeah. and even if it's just to go out to Freeman's Lake or go down nah. to the community center. Yeah, I don't know. They won't let you do music at Freeman Lake. So they you cut wanna, that out. It's what now? They cut that out. Yeah, they cut that out, man. I, I don't think they'll let you play loud music at Freeman Lake. Because huh. <laughs> you know, I guess the people who live over there. Oh, guess, yeah, carries, yeah, yeah. You know, but community center. Um, you've got, uh, I mean, there are a lot of places, man, that, that yeah. if, if summertime you do something outdoors, there's a lot of places. Well, we got, we but got I, people that are connected to the country club. Right. So I, I think, uh, I think we, uh, we do that, man. And, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just to get people together and fellowship, you know, yeah. it'd be great. Maybe it can be it, late summer. Late you know, summer, play, be, you know, August or something yeah, like yeah, it that. Yeah, it won't be too hot. You know, yeah. it won't be too hot. September. And uh, yeah, I like it, man. I Labor like Day it. weekend. Yeah, something like that. I like it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I know we're, we're, this is a kind of turning into an individual conversation, but I just like the fact that those people, you know, that we grew up with, there's some of them are still there, and it was good to see them. Yeah. You yeah. know, and there's so much that we could talk about, so many things that we can 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 get into and just just fellowship. Yeah, that's it. You that's know, all, right. It, it's there. There are no ego tripping anymore. None of that. No. We're, we're all we're all older now. And, uh, you know, we 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 have a perspective that uh, that we can share. And uh, like you say, it's nothing about just. Just hey, glad, good to see you, man. Good to see you. You know, right. just how you doing? This type of thing, and uh, I, I like that. I like and it, that. And it doesn't have to be an E Town High thing because no. you know one of you know I was talking to James and James was saying that you know uh, one of the guys came in and said this is Brad Todd. He played basketball at East Harden. Wow. You know, we we played against him. I didn't right. remember. I remember right. the name. I didn't remember him. Yeah, yeah. But it was you know it was you know it was just. Folks can come together, you know, from yeah. Radcliffe, you know, uh, Hodgenville, right. you know, Hart County, you know, Sonora, Glendale, just, you know, people that yeah. we knew grew up, that yeah. we grew up with, man. Just, true home, true homecoming. Just, 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 you know, just have a homecoming, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, I like it, man. I like it. You know? <laughs> we, we, ought, we ought to keep that on the agenda and, uh, and, and try to make that happen, man. We, like you said, we know enough people that, uh, you know, could get a venue and that type of thing, and we make it happen, man. I like yeah. it. Yep. That was mine. That was all. <laughs> all right. That was good. It was yeah. good. It was good. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't have anything extra, man. I, uh, enjoyed the time tonight. It's always good. And, uh, like you say, man, this is our anniversary, so to speak, our uh, third year doing this. Yeah. Second or third year doing this. So, uh, it may be a fourth going. year. Fourth year? Wow. I think so. What is this? Really, is this 2022? This is 2022. Yeah, I think we, we started went, in 17. No, we started in 18. 2018? Wow. Yeah, 2018. Wow. Because we went yeah. on the cruise in 16. Okay. And then we went all of 17, and then December of 18. 18, we kicked it off. Wow. Is when four years. I figured out how to do it. Yeah, and so, yeah, four this years. is the start of this. Yeah, four wow. years. Wow. Hey, yep. it's been a lot of fun, man. It has. We're gonna keep it keep it moving and uh hopefully folks will listen in, tune us in and and uh get a laugh, learn something maybe they didn't know before, and uh you know, drop us a line, let us know you hear us, you've enjoyed the show, you're checking the show out, whatnot. We appreciate that. And uh we're gonna continue uh, continue to be here as long as uh, we see a need to. So that's all right. good. That's all good. All right, my friend. It was good. Good hollering at you. And yeah, then next week we'll we'll plan on doing this again. And uh, you know, two small town kids, uh, old men now. Yeah. From uh, <laughs> <Not> Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth Town, Kentucky. All right. And we just uh, say it the way we uh, see it. And um, with that, we'll just say like three strikes. We're out. We're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.